in. He's in. He's in. He's in. We good? And in this corner we have tonight, welcome to the Rumble. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. I like that. Welcome to Just Thinking About the Sword and Trowel. We're glad to be together. Uh, We decided to go ahead and mix it up a little bit and... uh, uh, nobody wanted me, so Virgil Daryl short no, straw. Daryl's on my team. He got stuck. He got stuck. <laughs> no short jokes. No short <laughs> jokes, brother. All right. I was going to talk. I was going to tell a simple joke, but after James, I yeah, decided I'm just going to bury that either. too. No, it is good to be together. We we are friends that I don't know exactly how we first connected. I remember when I met Daryl a couple of years ago, I think, yep. in Atlanta. Yep. And uh, we were doing some recording together and it was just a wonderful, just kind of an instant kind of knitting of hearts together. And Virgil- I met you at my first Founders Conference. Is that right? Yeah. When was that? Do you remember? Gosh, it was uh, last year, the, it was probably 2019. Okay, a couple of years ago yep. or yeah. so. Yeah. And Jared, um, we've known each other for a while. That's right, we have. How, when did you meet these guys? I don't know. I met you in uh, Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. Was uh, what was going on? In Louisville? I had the privilege of taking a picture of you and a group of men. Was that the meeting we had at Southern Seminary when we met? I with think that was involved. But I think it was also in conjunction with a Founders Conference. Oh, okay, there. okay. So I met you at the SBC conference. That's right. All right. Yeah. Okay. So good. So I'll never la- forget. But I've known about these guys for years and um, have benefited from them. And when uh, Dwayne put them together in a podcast. I mean, it was just like gold. And you guys have done a wonderful job on your Just Thinking podcast. And uh, we're Thank delighted you. to be partnering with them, publishing books by them. So these two brothers are writing a series of books. It's going to be a trilogy. The first one's Just Thinking About the State, which is due out uh, sometime in the next few months. So we're looking forward to getting that off of the press. So this founders and uh, Just Thinking, or the Sword in the Trial Just Thinking, gathering together just seemed to be right. So tonight... We're going to be talking about just thinking about the state, right? Tom, Tom, can I interject something? I have to know this. How many of you who are in this venue tonight are familiar with the Just Thinking podcast? How many of you are listening? Wow. Oh, oh my God. That's good. Feeling the energy. Feeling the energy now. How many of y'all are familiar with the sword and the trial? (laughs) It's close. It's close. Close. (laughs) Well, hey, we always pray before we do record these things uh, because we want God to help. And typically what we say and when Jerry and I uh, pray is we ask God to help us not to speak beyond what we know, Amen. which is why our podcasts are so short. We were going to call our, we wouldn't have JT too. Ours was going to be just talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just thinking, just, just talking. Thinking. But let me lead us in prayer, then we'll get going. Our Father, we thank you for fellowship that we have in Christ. Mm-hmm. I thank you for these men and their, your gifts to them, the grace that you have bestowed on each, and the fellowship that we have because of what you've done for us. We thank you for your providence that brought our lives together and for the way that you're using Daryl and Virgil in their podcasts and soon to be in their publications. And we thank you for the ways you've blessed that ministry and thank you for Sword and Trial and how you're using it as well. We want to be used in your kingdom. So we want our conversation tonight to be beneficial to those who listen. So do help us to speak humbly and simply and clearly and to think well, to reason from the scriptures and to uh, to set forth the things that you've taught us from the word in helpful ways. We want Jesus to receive the glory that he's due. And we pray in his name. Amen. 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 All right. Yeah, you know, I'll talk a little bit about this to get us opened up. We, <laughs> I see birds already looking at me. Yeah, so, so minute, I do want to comment. I'm so delighted Jared brought his Bible tonight. Yes, yes. Normally you don't bring your Bible because you just kind of rip it off the top of That's your head. That's right. But I do have my laptop, though. I've got my Bible on my laptop. And, I, and just to be clear, I usually have at least 15, 25 pages of notes on my laptop that Daryl usually sends me ahead of time. So this is kind of feeling really strange for me not to have a, you know, a library of notes and, and you know, a bunch of things that I've added to it. So I've, I've got my laptop closed. <laughs> And I'm, we're going off of the top of the dome, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to lean <laughs> That's into right. it. But, you know, Tr- trying to lean how many into pages it. of notes do you usually bring in, Jerry? I don't have any notes. It's like, uh, <laughs> wow. None. We don't have any notes. That's, 
That's some talent. <laughs> I don't have any notes. All right, go so, ahead. Jay. Okay. Get us going. Um, so, why would we talk about God and the state? I cannot think of a more pertinent topic than God and the state right now. Given what happened in the year of our Lord 2020, everybody's looking back at the last year, and everyone was dealing with what are you going to do? What are you going to do about Governor Newsom in California? Uh, what are you going to do about uh, Cuomo up in New York? What are you going to do when the civil authorities come in and start um, telling the church what to do, what not to do, and then just getting all of this sorted out. And so there was a lot of talk about Romans 13. So we need to, you know, uh, honor the emperor. We need to submit to lawful authorities. And so I think Romans 13 should play a key part tonight. We've been talking some, I believe recently, Tom, you probably said this on our last podcast. I don't know if it's dropped yet, but we talk about the separation of church and state, but we're not going to talk about the separation of God and state. And if you could kind of go off of um, what, what even our brother James Dolezal just, just talked about, the simplicity of God. God is God. The state is not God. The state is complex. God is simple. The state is dependent upon God. God is not dependent upon the state. And even talking in those terms, that the state itself is dependent upon God? Well, of course it is. All creation is dependent upon God. And so we just need to, we're looking at the lay of the land, and I think the church needs to think deeply about this issue. And I would, I would throw it out at the beginning. I, I, was, I joked, I was going to say, you know, Virgil's a theonomist. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Virgil's a theonomist, and then pass the buck. I'm just kidding, he didn't really say that. But, but as soon as you start talking about God in the state, theonomy is going to come up. And we really are going to have to talk about what that is and what it isn't, and how we should think about Jesus Christ being King of Kings, Lord of Lords, especially given times like these. We're going out into the next year 2021 yeah. church needs wisdom and help on God in the state yeah I'll, I'll kick it off and then and then toss it to, to my brother and uh, to get his thoughts I think I think when you when you begin to look at uh, God and the state I think one of the first things that we've got to realize is that unfortunately in the culture in which we live the categories have been absolutely confused right the role of the state uh, the, the, the role of of the kingdom of God and how we're to look at these things has been absolutely kind of turned upside down. We've depended upon government as God in a lot of instances. Uh, the, the church has, has kowtowed and bowed the knee for so long in an effort to get along, to go along for so long that, that we're having a difficult time understanding what scripture says and how to navigate those issues. So be, before we even get to bigger issues like theonomy, right, and, and, and the role of God in government and all of that, I, I think just having an understanding of some of the basics uh, around who is God and what is his role in the life of the believer and then what is the role of the state and what role do government does government actually play and when is it that they over they actually overstep their boundaries I think we've had a great opportunity uh, to witness kind of what how, how that all plays out with this pandemic uh, with with 2020 uh, the pandemic hits we're all trying to wrestle and grapple with how do we navigate what's happening uh, in, in light of a quote-unquote pandemic? How do, we, how do we examine the scriptures? And I think there's been no greater example than what we've witnessed uh, with, with the ministry of John MacArthur there in California. So I, I'm, I'm going to toss to my brother uh, and let mm -hmm. him maybe speak to some of the issues that, that, that they wrestled with as they navigated. The, as they navigated yeah, I think the uh, most of you who uh, listen to the Just Thinking podcast have probably heard our episode on the doctrine of elections, episode 105, where we landed on Romans 13 for a majority of that episode. And as we're prone to do on the Just Thinking podcast, as Virgil just sort of alluded to, uh, before we dive into the meat of the topic, we like to define terms. We, we like to define terms. We will define terms before we even lay out our thesis because as I've often said on the podcast is that words have meaning, right? Words have meaning and until you define what those meanings are, you don't have a context for the conversation. So even as we talk about God in the state tonight, we have to answer two questions. Okay, who is God? Okay, what is the state? And as James Dozal just brilliantly and mind-blowingly uh, just discussed, um, what, what, as God, as, as, as someone who the scripture says is not a God of confusion, right, we have to ask, what is God's purpose for the state in the world? What is his purpose for the state in the world? And I think what we have right now, as uh, Jared sort of alluded to earlier, we're, we're coming out of what transpired in 2020. I think 2020 is just a, uh, an ex the, the expectation of the kind of fruit that we should have seen in this world from the church being guilty of adopting 
a paternalistic view of government in the same way that the world has. So as opposed to a Romans 13 view, which where Paul tells us that government is a minister of God, and when we exegete it, right, Verge, we exegeted that word in our Doctrines of Election episode to where we explain to our listeners that word minister in Romans 13, 4 is the same Greek word as the word deacon. So in that sense, government is to be a servant of God. John Calvin described it this way. He said the magistrates, in his words, we may say the governing authorities are to be God's lieutenants. They are to see themselves as God's lieutenants. However, what the church has done, um, the church is guilty of two things here. Number one, we never had an understanding that the government is essentially a deacon. It, it, it serves God's purposes in the same way that a deacon would. Although the government is not an ecclesiastical body, we understand that. But again, it goes back to my question, why did God endow government to begin with? And that God endowed government is to also say that government serves God's purposes. But the church has sort of uh, uh, lost sight of that, if it ever had sight of that, such that we are guilty of uh, committing the same sin that the world has in that we have, as Virgil said, we have replaced God with government in a very paternalistic way such that the things that God has said no to in the church, the church has gone to government to say yes to. So we need to start fundamentally at the beginning and try to understand when, when Paul says here in Romans 13 that government exists as a minister of God to you for your good, what does that good look like? If that good looks like the same good that, that God looks like, then we can get behind that. But if there's a distinction to be made where that good, that government good, does not look like biblical good, then we have to draw a line right there, mm-hmm. and so we cannot abide by this. So I think we need to fundamentally define and understand what does it mean for government to serve as a minister, as a deacon of God for your good? I think about, uh, as you were talking, I, I, I turned immediately to Acts chapter 4. I was reminded of the, the, uh, the talk that Vody gave just the other night as, as we, we, we look and see government, so to speak, stepping in, right? This is, this is the, the, an incident where government is stepping in, the, 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 the powers that be are stepping in and are saying, you can no longer preach about God. And so uh, Acts chapter four, verse 18, so they, they call them and charge them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. And then what happens, but Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to, to, to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak what we have seen and heard. And so here what we have in Scripture is an instance where, where, the, where the governing principles step in and say, this is what you must do. You can do this and go no further. And to the point that you just made, when it, when it begins to step outside of the boundaries of what God has commanded for the believer to do, we have a responsibility to obey God rather than the powers that Yeah, be. and this is a situation that we're facing. I say we because I'm now a member at Grace Community Church along with my wife, Melissa, we relocated there from Atlanta a couple years ago. So that's the situation we're facing and have been facing for several months at Grace Community Church. And with all due respect to anyone here who may have a differing opinion about the stance that John MacArthur and the elders at Grace Community Church have taken in keeping the doors of Grace Community Church open, that's been the fundamental issue here is that with the position and the stance that Grace Community Church has taken, what we have clarified in the state of California And that's been validated by the fact that by God's grace, Grace Community Church has won every court challenge by which the city of LA has brought against us, the state of California has brought against us, the LA uh, County Health Department has brought against us. What this stance has established is that the Constitution does not give churches permission to worship. The Constitution protects an inalienable right that churches already have to worship. That's the position that we've been taking. Now, I say that with one caveat. I am not here at Founders as an official representative of Grace to You, although I work for the ministry. I serve as Dean of Social Media there. 
So I don't want anyone here to misconstrue my comments as being the official position of Grace to you or Grace Community Church. I am a member of Grace Community Church. I am not on staff there. I do not speak on behalf of them. However, I do want to clarify as someone who's been a member there now for two years, who resides in California, who attends Grace Community Church regularly, in contrast to innuendo and rumors that you may hear. Um, uh, this, this, this is a fight that's uh, about something much, much higher mm -hmm. than uh, COVID, mm -hmm. with all due respect. It is much higher than COVID. Yeah. This is a, a spiritual warfare in that there have been entities within the uh, uh, government uh, structure of California that have specifically, deliberately targeted Grace Community Church because we refuse to bow the knee. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and you know, one of the things that, that we've tried to clarify a couple of times in our podcast is recognizing that God has ordained all authority. All human authority is vested authority. It's not absolute. God's the only absolute authority there is. And so any authority that exists on earth exists because of God. Absolutely. And he has ordained authorities. He's ordained spheres of authority. So we have the family, that's a sphere of authority. We have the church, that's a sphere of authority. We have the state. And each one is to operate within their spheres. Now, they overlap at times because I'm a husband, I'm a member of a family, I'm a member of a church, and I'm a citizen of this state and this nation. So there's, there's overlap there. But whenever the authorities, the duly appointed authorities in the state begin to operate and exercise their authority outside the sphere which God has ordained for them to operate in, they are going against God. And that's an important point to make. So what is the point of government? Why does God give government? Well, Peter says in 1 Peter 2 that we are to be subject to, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether it be emperor as supreme or governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. And there you have a pretty good snapshot of it. We are to, the, the, the governing authorities are to put down evil, resist evil, and to promote good. Yes. And who says what's evil and what's good? God does. That's right. They don't get to make up what's right. good and evil. Exactly right. They're ministers of God. So when, when a governor then begins to say, oh, well, look, it's going to be good for churches to not meet for six months. He's out of his lane. Yes. And what we need to do is respectfully say, Mr. Governor, get back in your lane. Right. You know, the Lord Jesus has given authority to the church, and it might be, okay, if the building's on fire or uh, if, if there's a, a massive uh, attack on the nation or something and we shouldn't meet for that reason, that's fine. But we did that. I mean, everybody did it for a couple of weeks with COVID, but then after that, when there's so much conflicting information and you see governing authorities like your own governor. Yes, issuing edicts to others, which are not for him, right. as we've seen with other elected yes. officials do that. Well, you know, something sketchy is going on. Right. And see, you know, Tom, what's your point? Jared, if I could just right. say this real quick. Uh, we pointed out a distinction in uh, episode 105, the doctrine of elections. If you have not listened to that episode, I, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It is an evergreen episode. You will need that episode for every single election cycle to come. Uh, but we, make, we made a distinction in that episode, Thomas. What you're bringing back to my mind is, I made the comment in that episode that God ordained governments to govern, not to rule. Not to rule. There's a difference between governance and ruling. And what's happening in California is that the, the, the government there has crossed that line, Tom. They've crossed that governance line into a line where they want to rule and dictate. And I want to just say this as an aside. Unless you, until you come to California and see how it is to live there under, under the restrictions that are in, in place right now and have been in place in California for almost a year, you being here in Florida are so blessed. My wife and I were just talking, uh, 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 we, we got here when Tuesday night, uh, we've, been, we've, been, uh, we've been talking since Tuesday night about here in California, just aesthetically, okay, here in California, you can drive by businesses and there are cars in the parking lots. You mean Florida? In Florida, in Florida, there are cars in the parking lots. Um, there are cars at the restaurants. There are people who, where you can eat indoors in a restaurant. You can go to a mall and shop. You can go to your gym. In California, none of these are open. None of these are open. You can't even eat outdoors at a restaurant in California. 
See, this is the distinction between governing and ruling. What we are, where we are in California right now is about as close to a dictatorship as I have ever seen. So please do not take for granted where you are here in Florida and, and, and the life that you're able to live in, 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 in relative normalcy because in California, well, my wife and I like to say, once you get outside of California, that's, that's America. America. Hey, hey Daryl. <laughs> California is not America. Hey, you, there's a house for sale on my street. Hey. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. You know, if I can say, I, I, I would like to say publicly, and we've already said it publicly, but I'd like to say it again, that I thank God for Pastor John MacArthur Amen. and Grace Church. Brother, Amen. I mean, we're on the other, we're on the coast over here, and Tom and I are in our offices, and we're watching, and I'm like, praise God for this. Yeah. I mean, wrote articles about this, yeah. and we need, and we need to be aware of what's going on, in, in even in the evangelical church, and what's happened. So, you know, I kid about theonomy at the beginning of this because there's some, there's some of that swirling, and there's confusion, and we need to bring clarity to it. We need to define terms. Yes. And we look at Romans 13, and the text says that these authorities are ministers of God. Yes. Yes. They're ministers of God, and they're, they're under God. Right. Mm -hmm. And they've been established and appointed in their position by God. Now, we Christians say, well, Gavin Newsom, I mean, he's... What, what do you do with someone who's not a believer? I don't know if Gavin Newsom even professes the faith, but we, we see that he's been operating in a tyrannical way very clearly. And, so and all he, the Californians so, are laughing, right? Okay, <laughs> yes. He, he professes a faith. He said, spread the faith when uh, Joe Biden was announced by the media as the president. He tweeted, spread the faith in that moment. And we're, we're seeing this new religion. But, but the point is, there are men like Pastor John MacArthur, Grace Church, like we've been emphasizing, that are saying, even if you are not a professing Christian and you are in civil authority, if it be city level council, if it be mayor, if it be county, if it be you are a minister of Yahweh. Paul in Romans 13 here is talking about Jesus Christ. He's saying you have been appointed into your position by Jesus Christ and you need to do what Jesus Christ has said to do. And so if you are to punish the evildoer and then you actually have to Evil has to be defined, right. has to be defined by the God who is. Right. Now what's happened is some people, I've noticed in the evangelical community, look at somebody that says that and look at somebody standing up, as John is, and start talking about theonomy. Well, theonomy, the, the general nature of what you're talking about is not just, the word means God's law. It means God's law. So you need to say, what are you talking about? If you're talking about the fact that civil authorities are ministers of God, if that's what you mean when you say theonomy, well, well then of course. I mean, we're just saying Romans 13, somebody is under God. But what, when you say theonomy, that is referring to the civil law, the, the saying that what God has in the Old Testament as a civil law ought to still be binding and operational in the modern state. And we hold to a threefold division of the law. There's the moral, the civil, and the ceremonial. And as our 1689 confession states, that that civil has come to an end. It's come to an end. So we're, no one's commending. I, I don't know hardly anyone, I mean, there may be a few, but I know hardly anyone that is, take, that is commending, we take the civil law of Israel and apply it down, right, drop it down in our modern state. Nor do I know anyone, like Christians in America that are saying that the civil authority ought to take the 10 commandments and mandate church attendance and then throw people in prison if they don't go. And so what I'm saying is there, we, I, I wanna take that away from, from our good brothers that are kind of turning this conversation yeah. to say, no, 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 don't do that. Yeah. We need to deal with the fact that we're saying the ministers are, these civil authorities are ministers of God and we have to come to grips with, we have to have wisdom to say, okay, what has God told them to do? And when it comes to a gray area, as Virgil, you signaled earlier, right. let's not go and smear people and say, well, you're just theonomic and you're wanting to kind of rule and have the, have, bring in the kingdom of God by the sword. No, that's not being commended. Yeah. We need to do work on that text. And, and let me just, to buttress that, and kind of underscore, go back to this issue of authority. If you want to get clarity on this, think of those three spheres of authority, the family, the church, and the state. Right. Well, okay, in the home, if there's a, a father and a mother in the home, if the father looks at the children and says, you must start worshiping Satan, I'm your dad, the Bible says children obey your parents, 
Is he exercising his authority rightly? No. Of course not. I mean, it's obvious, right? If the elders in the church say, look, you must no longer um, eat vegetables. You must only eat fish and no vegetables. I mean, are you going to say, well, Hebrews 13, 17 says, you know, that we're to be subject to those who are in authority over us. So I guess I got to do it. No. Well, what's the problem there? It's not that they are not duly appointed authorities. They are but they are misusing their authority out of the spheres that God has ordained for them to exercise it in. And the same thing's true with the government. But because we have fallen into this daddy state, this nanny state, you know, well, daddy said we gotta do it, and he's the governor, so we gotta do it. We we ought to be at least asking the question, say, wait a minute, is he exercising the authority that God has rightly, duly given him, he's a duly appointed authority, is he exercising it in accordance with what God says? And if not, well, then we ought to be willing to raise questions about that. And if it is egregious, we ought to be willing to resist tyrants. Can yes. we press a practical? Can we press a practical for a minute? Okay, We've sure. talked about this. Tom and I have talked about this on our podcast, but it needs to be pressed again because I know this is where people are living. And when, you, when you say Jesus is king of kings, it's, uh, you know, some, some seem to operate as if Jesus is only king of the church. He is indeed king of the church, but our Bible says he's king of kings. When MacArthur and the Grace Church came out, that's in their statement. Jesus right. is king of yes. kings. Okay, you're then, when, as just what Tom said, you know, what do you do when it's a gray area? It's very clear if, if, if your governor comes out and says, worship Satan, you know, and, and well, no, we, we don't, we're not going to. Or if he says, don't worship God, you know, we're not going to. And so sometimes we use words like, I'm gonna do whatever the governor tells me to do as long as it's not sin. I think that is a, that's a start. But what do you do when it's not a clear cut transgression of a command? So what do you do when your governor comes out and starts to say, all of the women are to wear yellow shirts on Thursday. All of the men are to do push-ups on Tuesday, 10 of them. And some Christians are going to say, you know, well, there's no verse in the Bible that says thou shalt not wear a yellow shirt. And so right. we have to obey. We have to right. submit. Right. We, so we, we need to mature a little bit. We have to go beyond just this simple, simple idea that I, I will do whatever the governor tells me to do so long as he doesn't tell me to sin. And what we mean by sin is transgress a clear-cut biblical command. We rather have to come and say, okay, let's take God's counsel and his word and then there's going to be some gray areas there. There's going to be times where somebody says, I don't think that's legitimate. And we're, we haven't had to deal with that as much in our society, but we're certainly having to deal with it now with the various mandates yeah. that are coming down. And I just want to, we don't have to, I just want people to be aware of that. You can't make this as simple because brotherly love, sisterly love is going to require some people reading things differently. And we all need to grow in wisdom as we're thinking about whether it's a lawful command or if it's not. I, I think, I think when, when you begin, when, as you were talking, I, I immediately turned to First Samuel uh, chapter 8. Because what, what we're seeing in, in, this, in the selection of a king over Israel is what happens when sinful man, right, oversteps and rules in ways that, that God never determined he should be ruling in, right? Israel was under, under the theocracy of God. They were under the plan of God, and here they desire a king. And when that happens, Samuel warns, he said, when the, when the king comes, there'll be ways that he'll rule over you, and he will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots to be his horsemen and run before the chariots. He will appoint himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and some to plow the ground and some to reap the harvest. These are all warnings of what happens when, the, when, a, when sinful man enters into the sphere where God has been King of kings and Lord of lords. And so I think to the point that you made, we've got to be mindful of that. We've got to recognize it. And we have to, as believers, have clear distinctions and and lines of demarcation, definitions for where the government steps in and where God reigns and rules always. And so we've got to keep those kinds of things in mind. I think, Virgil, you make a a great point. And I think one area, one one reason rather why the church has failed in that area uh, is that we've forgotten that we are to live as strangers and aliens here. <laughs> I think we've forgotten that. Um, Where's I, my Hammond? Where's my, I need. I, 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 won't say, I won't say who sent me this text, but this is a true story. My wife will vouch for this. Mm-hmm. Um, right after the uh, election was certified, the first text I got was from a black member of my family <laughs> asking how soon were they gonna get that $1,200 stimulus check? 
almost dropped my cell phone. But that's, that, that's just one example of how we have, and I use this metaphorically, how we have sold our soul to the idea that we are uh, to be beholden to this state, that we are not to live as aliens and strangers in this world. The, the, the church, especially in America, has part and partial absolutely abdicated uh, any uh, uh, concept uh, that, that government is God's idea. Right. Government is God's idea. It's not man's idea. Mm-hmm. Romans 13, 4, it is a minister of God. That preposition of is very important. That little two-word preposition establishes not only that government is God's idea, but that ultimately government is to submit to God's authority. And that means that, that, means that God's church submits only to God's authority, not the government. But see, American Christianity, see, here's the problem. American Christianity is, so, is such a comfortable Christianity. It's such a comfortable Christianity to where, comparatively speaking, what was, Tom, what was the ministry organization earlier today where we showed the video, uh, the missions organization yeah. there? Solar Sites. Not Solar Sites, it was earlier. AWWE. Yes. Um, how can you not look at that video and see the faces and places of other countries all around the world and immediately think what struggles they have to be followers of Christ. That's, the, that's an initial thought that just automatically comes to your mind. Now compare that to the comfortable Christianity, or as I called it in episode 106 of Biblical campfire. Doctrine of Exposition of Unity, Campfire Christianity. Campfire Christianity. It's, it's Campfire Christianity. See, we, we, we want that Campfire Christianity where it's kind of like that old Coca-Cola mer- commercial from the 70s where you, you want to teach the world to sing in perfect <laughs> harmony. We like to buy the world a Coke. See, that's the kind of Christianity we have here in the evangelical church. So as long Wait, as can I you can- you do that again? That's, I just want to say this one more time. Too. As long as we can stay comfortable, as long as we can stay comfortable in our Christianity, we'll let the government do whatever it wants. That's exactly yeah. right. As long as I get my stimulus check, as long as, uh, as long as my candidate wins, okay, as long as my candidate wins, um, as long as my pastor preaches on this but doesn't preach on that, mm-hmm. as long as the music that the church and the, the songs that they sing are to my taste and liking, I want my Christianity to stay comfortable. So to whatever degree the government can facilitate that, not only in church, but just in life in general. You have sold your soul to the mirage that this world is all there is. But we know from 1 John 2, and and consider this, to whatever degree professing believers in Christ have erased that line between governance and rule, uh, for the sake of remaining comfortable. I mean, remind yourself, even where you sit right now, is passing away. Is one day going to be gone. Imagine yourself not here. One day you're going to be gone. What will that stimulus check matter then? What will your uh, uh, critical race theories and uh, liberation theology and social justice goals and objectives matter to you then? You see, so we, we, we must redevelop, get a, regain an appreciation for, if we ever had it, an eternal perspective to whereby you take every breath of your existence as an alien and stranger that's good. in that's this good. world. Yeah, that's good. One of the things that complicates this, and uh, yeah, we'll clap for that, is that we are... American citizens. We're in a country that is a constitutional republic. Mm-hmm. And so as you said, you know, the, the government doesn't grant us rights. Mm-hmm, the right. government recognizes mm-hmm. rights that mm-hmm. we have given to us by our creator. Mm-hmm. And praise God for our constitution. Mm-hmm. So if I were going to go to a country to make Jesus known that was not, had, had not had the gospel, 
And that country said every Tuesday, men must do push-ups. Every Wednesday, women must wear yellow hats. Okay, well, then I do push-ups every Tuesday because I'm going there to make the gospel known. I'm, I'm just giving that up. Right. And people will use that. So shouldn't we be thinking like missionaries here in America? So if the government says do this, then just do it. Well, kind of. But we have a constitution that recognizes inalienable rights. Right. And we, we, by God's grace, this country has been formed in a way that has recognized the separation of church and state. Not God and state. God is over state. God is over church. But the difference between the, the, the separation of church and states and their spheres of authority. So I, as a Christian in this constitutional republic, I'm a citizen king. Yes. I'm responsible that's, that's for loving to put it. my fellow citizens mm-hmm. in the same way that to, to exercise whatever authority and rule I have in this constitutional republic for the welfare of my fellow citizens. Right. And so if I just roll over every time the government tells me something new stupid to do that's outside their lane, I'm not loving my neighbors well. Right. You know what else? Uh, we have to... We need to watch out because, you know, the, it's like the Constitution wasn't built overnight kind of thing. Like these ideas of being a citizen king um, grew. And if you're a tyrannical authority, you know, you're not just going to come out. You're not going to be foolish enough to come out and require something crazy. No. What, you, what do you do? I'm just going to move the needle a little bit. You know yep. why we asked the ladies to wear yellow shirts? We ran studies that showed that ladies who wore yellow shirts uh, improved their health. And we all know that sit-ups can help you. It probably gives you a better chance of not getting COVID. Right? Right. Oh, so now, well, now the government, they're trying to, they're trying to do good. They're trying to punish the evil one, you see, right? So the, I, I say that to say we really, we are going to have to be wise. Yes. And you are going to have to, to ground what you're doing somehow in what God has revealed in general revelation and in special revelation. And we need to be prepared for people to move the needle. So the, mm-hmm. it, we, if we just have simplistic ideas, like they're going to overreach and we'll all catch them. Well, you know, no, they're going to move the needle. And at some point, some Christians are going to say, you don't have a right to do that. Right. As Thomas said many times, you're out of your lane. And there may be other Christians that think, I don't know if they're out of their lane. Yeah. And I see pastorally, I see, I see a church, um, I see a threat coming upon the church on that front where I call yeah. we need wisdom, yeah. humility, patience, bearing with one another. But we, we need to get as clear as we can, you know, we're not going to have a perfect rule book here, but we need to be prepared for that battle. To, to, the, point, to the point that you're, you're making, Jared, I think it's, and, and again, this issue of, of governing rule and governing authority is, being, is one that's being pushed on the basis of fear. This is, this, COVID was what was used as an opportunity to, uh, to, to amplify fear right? And then mandate what should and shouldn't take place. And, and all of us rightly took a pause. I mean, you, you mentioned that time. All of us rightly said, let's, let's hold on a second. Let's figure out what we're dealing with before we make decisions moving forward. And, and I think MacArthur's ministry looked at the facts, made the decision, okay, on the basis of what we now clearly understand, we're going to make decisions moving forward as to how we're going to operate and govern based upon what scripture dictates for us as the church yes. and the role, the proper role of governance in the area of, uh, in which we live. But what's happening is that's not only taking place with regard to, to COVID, and I, I don't know where, if, if you're going to go here or not, but my thought immediately went to how we're being manipulated and, and are leveraging issues around ethnicity and race. This doesn't stop at this one arena. Right. This is being used in every arena, every facet uh, of, of culture is the issue of fear in an effort to the point you just made, Jared, to move the needle forward and, 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 and begin to, to, to rebuild, to deconstruct uh, the Judeo-Christian worldview that we've all held dear and to reconstruct something in its place that looks totally different from where we, we began. You know, Verse, that's an excellent point because you've got politicians uh, weeks and months ago who, are, who were already saying, well, we'll never go back to normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys realize that's a setup for they're uh, have, having an avenue, a pathway to continue this agenda by which they have leveraged this COVID situation to introduce. 
And so I like the word, I like your use of the word fear there, Virgil, because I think one of the, uh, one of the, uh, I hope it's a positive reputation that the Just Thinking podcast has, is that uh, we're not afraid of anybody. Mm-mm. We we don't care what anyone thinks. Man, you got them guns, man. We don't care. We really don't care. Um, my wife and I talk often about, I have a three-word motto for life. My three-word motto is, I don't care. <laughs> that's, that's close to my motto. My motto is, go pound sand. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I got, point, I got told to go kick rocks by Ben Watson <laughs> the other day what, on Twitter. My point, so. my point here is this version, sort of build on your, your, uh, your comments about fear. The, the thing, the, and we don't, Virgil and I don't, I'm not, I'm not patting Virgil and me on the back. I'm not saying this to do that. But see, when you don't have anything to lose, you see where I'm going with this? When you have nothing to lose, you can't afford to be scared. Yeah. What, so ask yourself as you sit here tonight, what do you have to lose? That's good. As, as we're talking about the, uh, the, the lane that the state needs to stay in, what do you have to lose? If, if you have anything to lose, then you've already acquiesced. And to use Tom's lane analogy, you've already given the government permission to put that blinker on and move from one lane to the next. Mm-hmm. But see, what government doesn't do they don't move from one lane clearly out of that lane into the next lane. What government does is ride in between the lanes over the hash marks. So that they're covering both lanes now. They're covering both lanes now. You see? So we have to we have to have we have to have such I don't mean this to sound I don't mean I'm not gonna say this in the uh, the James Dozal sense of having a, a, uh, a, uh, a, a simple view of God, but you have to be so secure, simplistically, in your faith in God, that you just, as, as Paul said in Galatians 2.20, that you count it all loss. I promise you that, guys, listen, I love you guys. You guys have heard my voice countless times. And I say this with all the love of my heart, seriously, Examine yourself and ask yourself, is there anything in this world that I'm holding on to that I don't want to let go of? Answer yourself honestly, does this thing, this person, this dream, does God not own it all Be honest with yourself now because God knows your heart. If there's something that you're, even a pinky size that you're holding on to, to where you're saying to yourself, oh, well, I just really don't want to lose that. Again, going back to my comments about being comfortable in your Christianity. Mm -hmm. You see, Christianity by definition is an uncomfortable existence. Uncomfortable. People today think Jesus fell asleep. He died by falling asleep in a lazy boy. <laughs> they, they, they forget that he was nailed. He was nailed and bled to death. Jesus didn't fall asleep in a lazy boy chair. To be a follower of Jesus Christ is to sign up for an uncomfortable life. Life for us in California is extremely uncomfortable. It's extremely uncomfortable. But when you signed up, as, 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 uh, as, as uh, my mom used to sing in the, in the choir in, the, in the, the, quote, black church that we grew up in, we are soldiers in the army. We have to fight and sometimes we have to die. We have to hold up the blood-stained banner. We have to hold it up until we die. That's what you signed up for. You signed up to hold up the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ, whatever that costs you. Mm-hmm. It's cost John MacArthur, who will be 82 years old in June. It's costing him. He's had friends who were friends of his for decades. Mm-hmm. 
totally turned their back on him because he didn't follow the herd. And to your point, Virgil, I want to make this clear to everyone. When, to your point, and Tom, to your point as well, when the COVID restrictions were initially announced, Grace Community Church complied immediately. Grace to you complied immediately. So we could get a scale, a, a, a lay of the land. Grace Community Church was closed for six months. The elders of Grace, to you, Grace Church and John MacArthur prayed, fasted, met over a period of two months before releasing that statement, Jared, that we were going to open back up. Even as I sit here tonight, the city of Los Angeles is fining Grace Community Church every Sunday $1,000. When we decided to open back up, the first thing the city of Los Angeles did was attempt to revoke a lease on a parking lot that Grace Community Church had leased from the city of Los Angeles for over 30 years. They're not able to do that now for a, a, another court, court decision in our favor. But these are just examples of the price that you're going to have to be willing to pay to represent Jesus Christ. Mm. Do you want to pay that price? Because I promise you, uh, as the government continues its overreach, and it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. The government's not going to back off. It's the old metaphor. They ask for an inch, they're going to take a mile. Mm -hmm. But how easy are you going to make that for them? You know, one of the things on this too, uh, we need to be respectful and show honor to our governing authorities. And yet that doesn't mean we give them a blank check. It doesn't mean that we say, oh yeah, you're always right. You always tell the truth. Right. I mean, it, when we've seen, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a government or governing authorities who have said to us, oh, you must do this for the sake of whatever it is, when they themselves do the opposite. Absolutely. Bingo. Bingo. You can't go Governor Newsom is an example we're of that. We're going to a restaurant. So, okay, this is, these are governing authorities who, for the most part, all, all of them in, in many respects, are responsible for the legalized slaughter of 800,000 to a million babies a year. Yes, are we going to expect them to tell us the truth? Right. Are we going to count on them if they, you know, they're breaking the sixth commandment? We think they're not going to break the ninth commandment? Right. So, I, again, I don't want to be cynical, and we mustn't. I really do. I, I fight that in my own heart. Sure. You probably can't tell. But it, it, <laughs> we can't be cynical. I mean, we're, it's really a disease. We need to fight it and put it to death. We need to show honor, but we need to, with, with respect and humility and honor, say, you know what? I don't believe you. Yeah. And if you can show me evidence or, or you're contradicting what you're saying, mm -hmm. why should I believe you? Why should I do what you tell me I must do when you're not willing to do what you're telling the rest of us we must do? Yeah. Now, those are legitimate questions. And they, not, they ought to be forced on our magistrates to vindicate, to justify the policies that they're trying to enact. And I'm not just talking about the, the health stuff, the, sure. the COVID stuff. As you pointed out, right. this crosses the board. It does, it crosses the board. And we need to be willing to say, you, you know what? You're going to have to show us evidence. And whenever they begin to call evil good and good evil, as yes. is happening already, right. then we need to be willing to say, you know what? You can tell us that this man who now calls himself a woman is a woman, but that ain't true. Right. You know something that might help our tone as we move on into another year where we're going to have to say these kind of things, something that can help our tone is to acknowledge how we as Christians really have neglected our duty on, mm -hmm. on this issue. So God and the state, we, we have not um, worked out our responsibilities right, right. when it comes That's right. That's to all nice. telling kings to kiss the sun and, and not just telling them to kiss the sun when they're in utter rebellion, but really just reminding them of who God is and speaking God's truth and presenting an ethic to the world mm -hmm. that is glorious, that is true, good, and beautiful. And we've really secluded ourselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody said recently, you know, the seculars have been far better at advancing their religion mm -hmm. than we have at mm -hmm. advancing our religion. Mm -hmm. and, and so we need to 
own some things. And that kind of starts at the home. I'm like raising your kids and, and teaching them about the city you live in and how it operates and teaching them about the authorities, honoring the authorities at your table, praying for them. Our mayor uh, in Cape Coral recently died and uh, praying for his family because we're thinking about um, these people whom God has appointed and really, that really can help our tone Amen. when we yeah. think about our Amen. role in it. One, one of the things that, that has been a, a blessing, I think, for, for us with just thinking and uh, the, the popularity of, of the podcast, which has been mind-blowing to both Daryl and myself. We don't take for granted that anyone listens. I th- if you come up and meet us, I think you'll, you'll experience that. We're just blown away that, that anybody has taken the time to listen to what we've shared. But what it says to us is that th- there's, there's, there's this void so to speak, of folks who are hungry for mm-hmm. how to take the, the, the Bible, the Word of God, and apply it to the cultural, social, and political issues of the day. And so what they're doing is they're hearing what we're doing, and they're going, wait a minute, those guys just did that in a way I hadn't heard before. Uh, my, my, my pastor maybe hadn't talked about it in that way or, or in that vein, and so they, they're hungry for that. One of the things that we love about partnering with you guys is that that's, that's a part of your mission every day. Uh, you're out doing that. That's one of the reasons why we, we're here. That's why we, we're connected with, with founders and what, with what you guys are doing. You talk about courage. I think about your courage and what you've done to take a stand in the SBC on issues regarding critical race theory. Yes. Right? Those issues yeah. are incredibly important uh, for us to be knowledgeable about. I, I'm, 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 I'm proud to sit beside this man. I'm proud to sit alongside founders. I'm proud to, to have Just Thinking connected Amen. with you guys in the way that we are because I think we're, we're all about the same mission, which is educating, training, and equipping the saints for the work of ministry that we've been given to do in the space that we're in. And so I'm, I'm really proud of that fact. And I think, I think what helps the tone is understanding biblical truth. I, I often get the opportunity to teach apologetics where, at, at my local church. And uh, I, I tell people, you know, you get into apologetics. The first thing you do is you're, you're amped up and you're ready to cu- kind of cut somebody's head off. And you're, you're you, you know, you're, you're wired for sound. And, and, and you I use try- a sword to do that? Right, right. <laughs> and a trowel. Yeah. You beat them with the trowel. Beat them with the trowel. Cut them off with the sword. But I try to tell I try to tell the the, the the people that are in those classes. Do you ever get wound up about saying about trying to educate someone that one plus one is two? And I say, well, no. I said, well, why is that? Because it's true. Well, if it's true, then operate as if it's true. What we get, what we end up doing is we learn something true in here, and then we get stirred up about it emotionally. When someone disagrees with us, we get wound up, and what we really need to do is relax. Because regardless of where they land on a particular issue, the truth is still the truth. And it could care less whether you agree with it or not. It's still going to be true. Yes. Uh, we have to operate from that vantage point, uh, operate from that place of peace, and continue to add to, to our knowledge of the truth of the Word of God and then apply it in the marketplace. You, you both have made such excellent points in your uh, most recent comments. I want to try to remember where I want to go with this, but uh, Jared, I completely agree with you. Uh, the secularists have done a much better job at advancing their religion than Christians have. And let me tell you why. It's because Christians don't know their religion. <laughs> right. They do not know it. Where, where's, where's the mascot? I need they, 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 they I do need not know it. Um, one of the reasons uh, the Just Thinking podcast episodes are so lengthy is because we attempt to equip our listeners to be better theologians. Mm-hmm. Not just Christians, better theologians and better apologists. And I want to embarrass Jared and Tom here for just one second. Uh, you, you may, as, as listeners to the Just Thinking Podcast, you may have some idea of the heat that Virgil and I take uh, for the positions. And the positions we take are biblical. But you, you may find it hard to believe the amount of heat he and I take for the episodes that we do, the things we talk about and the manner in which we talk about them. There are many ministries, I won't name names, 
but there are many ministries out there, well known, if I were to name names, you would be able to identify them that would not dare share the stage with me and Virgil, like Tom and Jared have here. <laughs> That's crazy. And we're not just sharing the stage with these two individuals, as, 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 uh, as was mentioned earlier, uh, Virgil and I have contracted with Founders Press to publish our books that are coming up. So I want to commend them. I want to commend them for their courage because it takes courage for them to share a stage with just thinking. Um, um, nah. But 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 <laughs> but I, but I want to I want to say something just to build That's on Jared's right. point here. Um, uh, one one of the things that Virgil and I are so committed to, and we love our listeners, and I say that with. Uh, 100% sincerity for the average episode of Adjusting Your Podcast for the hour and a half to two hours, sometimes two and a half hours that the episode lasts Virgil and I probably put in 50 to 60 hours of prep Jared, how much, how much, how much time you spend man, getting prepared for your show, bruh? I'm just curious. Like, well, that's all we have for tonight. So, uh, wrap it up. Yeah. I was already thinking this one was getting a little long. <laughs> Talk about embarrassment. You did it, bro. <laughs> we probably put in about 50, 60 hours of combined uh, prep. Jared's so smart, he doesn't need to put in that kind of stuff. That's true. But, but, but we do that because we want our listeners to take this word seriously. Not that you don't, but we want to help you get better at it. Not that we're perfect at it but we want to help you get better at it. Uh, and, and we want to help you get better at it because you're going to need to be better at this. Mm. You're going to need to be better at this. You're going to need to be better apologists, as Virgil said. And the very millisecond that you come to faith in Jesus Christ, according to 1 Corinthians 1.30, Paul says it is by God's doing that you are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. The very mm-hmm. millisecond that the Holy Spirit operates in your heart and regenerates you so that you come to faith in Christ, you become an apologist at that very millisecond. You become a theologian at that very millisecond. And with these issues that the church is going to be confronted with, your your, your local body, as well as individual believers that you're going to be confronted with as this, uh, with, with, with no disrespect to anyone here who may have supported them, but this incoming administration who is now in place, they are already showing signs, uh, definitive signs of being one of the most unbiblical, ungodly administrations that has ever taken the oath of office. That's, a, that's an objective statement. Just look at the executive orders that have been signed already already. So you're going to need to know what this says. And you're going to need to know what it means by what it says. That's what we try to help you do on the Just Thinking podcast. When we did the episode of Biblical Exposition of Unity, what was that, a little over two hours? Mm-hmm. Words? About two and a half. We, 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 we did that, that topic because people, so many people demanded that we addressed it. Many of our episode topics that we do are because people come to us and say, will you guys please talk about this? We don't even know what, what episode we're going to do next. Mm-mm. We have no idea. 107. 107. <laughs> yeah, 107. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> 107. I'm thinking we're going to do, do something on critical race theory because we haven't... We haven't done it. Would you, like, would you guys be interested in an episode on Critical Race Theory? Uh, you, you know, that's going to be fire. And uh, we ought to wrap this up. But before we do, man, I want to let everybody know that uh, these two brothers are going to be on season two of Wield the Sword. So you can look forward to that. Uh, I think, you, have you guys already recorded it? We already recorded it, Already yeah. recorded it, so uh, the, the rough stuff's in the can, and we'll work on the details going forward over the next few months. So this has been fun. Uh, we love you guys, man. We're not embarrassed. Are you kidding me? We, you, look, we're, we're together. This is, yeah, yeah man, I mean, we're on the we same are. page here. We praise God for what you're doing, and yeah. uh, we do very much feel a kinship, partnership, mm. a oneness 
uh, with you. Well, yeah. We're in the same battle, and yeah. praise God for you. Shout out to Sarah Askall, where's, helping us out with our Sarah? book. Uh, so That's, shout out to Sarah. She doesn't want that kind of shine. I'm gonna, sh I'm gonna shine her anyway. Shout out to you, Sarah. Thank you for sis, everything. Sis. <laughs> well, Virgil, I'm out of notes, so I think oh, you we got notes, to brother? stop. <laughs> All right, you want to pray, Virgil, and close us out in prayer? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Father God, we give you thanks and praise for your mighty name, and uh, mm. we're grateful uh, to know. Uh, about you, to, to be at this, in this space, at this place, uh, learning what we can about your nature, about your goodness, about your grace, uh, about your mercy bestowed upon us, which is renewed every morning. I thank mm -hmm. you for founders. I'm grateful for their ministry. I pray that your hand stays upon them, guide them, give them wisdom in the days to come, and allow uh, your voice to be heard through what they do. Uh, in greater ways in the days to come. I give you thanks and praise for the, the opportunities, the platforms that you've given us. May we use them for your glory and honor. I pray now for these, your people, that they would have great rest mm. and be rejuvenated in this evening uh, as they gather together tomorrow to worship you. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Amen, Amen. Amen brother. Love you. Oh, thank you.